Good morning, everybody, and I hope you have your coffee or your tea ready for you. It's 7.30 in the morning here in the Eastern time zone of the United States, even though everybody I talk to consistently thinks that I live in the Central time zone. Who can blame them? If you look at a map of the United States, you can see that Michigan isn't really that East uh, by all sense of things. We generally refer to ourselves as the Midwest here in the mighty Great Lakes state or Wolverine state or whatever other name you'd like to give us. I'm sure you have some choice ones, Ohioans. Uh, but I hope everybody's ready for an exciting Tuesday. It is that time of the week again. It is our official Johnny Depp and Amber Heard uh, episode this week. Uh, we'll see if we keep it to one. We're trying to keep it to one. But God, the media just isn't helping us. Have you noticed that? Out of the stories we cover in this space, obviously a lot of you really love Depp v. Heard. It's consistently the most popular subject matter uh, on these episodes. And that's totally fine. We'll continue to cover it as long as there's something interesting for us to say. But I will never just have an episode of Hangouts and Headlines or anything else on this channel that is just designed to be popular because people are otherwise interested in it. And I say nothing. Uh, that's my promise to you, because frankly, I find that boring and not terribly useful uh, to any of the process. With that said, with these mighty proclamations here on a Tuesday morning, how is everybody doing? Oops, says a production. It's not the morning, Hoag. You got it wrong. It's the afternoon. Yes. We do believe in time zones here at the Hoglaw YouTube channel. We believe they exist. And yet, if we really think about them, they're somewhat flummoxing, right? That another person you're communicating with in real time is living at a different time than you. Hmm. I think we shouldn't, shouldn't go into that too, too depthfully here this morning or else our brains will break. It's a little bit early, at least in my time zone. But I do understand other people live in other places and reasonable minds can differ as to what time of day it is. <laughs> Good afternoon from Austria. Hello, Austria. And hello from Australia. These two places consistently make me have to read very closely to make sure I say the correct country, right? One has kangaroos. One does not. Austria. Australia. What a morning. Hello from Wyoming. Hello, Lithia. Hello, Wyoming. Hello from places unknown. Kentucky on my way home to Fort Wayne, Indiana. Oh, it's a fun drive in the morning. We love the Kentucky Hills when they, when it's golden hour or something close to it. Enjoy that drive. Um, afternoon, Mrs. Hogla. How are you and the Hoglings? Family is great. We are excited. It is continuing to be summer here, which means it is a more exciting time. The kids are around all the time. We've got a lot of scampering. We've got a lot of, well, one of them is getting older. We sometimes have a slam door or two. It's family life. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but everybody is in good spirits and in good health, which is nice to say. Uh, these these times of year, especially uh, a lot of good mornings for my wife. I'm I'm here. I'm I'm on the video, folks. She she's over there. You can say hi to me. It's all good. <laughs> and you can say hi to her too. It's awesome. Uh, good afternoon from Denmark. Happy late night from Alaska. That is a late night. That's like the middle the middle of the night. So welcome to the middle of the night witching hour podcast here on the Hoglaw YouTube channel. It's going to be a good Tuesday. It's going to be a good week. I think it already is. We started out strong yesterday talking about what was on the top of everybody's mind, which is Netflix lawsuits about Bridgerton musicals. Uh, but I really enjoyed going through that document. Uh, excited for this one, says Rose Sleeps. Yeah, we got, I might get a little feisty in this one. I, you know, I've prepped. You see what I do in order to do these videos, both in hangout style and in virtual legality style. Uh, and uh, I prepped them. So I've gone through a number of these things. I've, I've gotten many of the things that I want to say. 
about them. And I, I do think that there is a risk of, of me going a little feisty and or sarcastic. So uh, got to look out for that. You know, you don't want to start your day off with too much negativity, but sometimes, well, sometimes people need to be told a little bit, you know? So we'll see what that looks like. I just got people yelling out Twilight Zone. Uh, fantastic. Lost. I don't, what do we, I don't know what the game is. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. Good morning, South Florida. Afternoon, United Kingdom. Hello from Switzerland. That's fun. Hello, Switzerland. Wade Watts is an Australian. I thank you for being one of the few people who go live at a reasonable time. Well, we go live at what I would think is described, at least on the Western side of my country, as a very, very unreasonable time. Uh, but it is a time where I get to talk to fun folks like yourself, and it is a time where I can make it work within a pretty busy workday uh, at least four times a week. So that works for me. I'm glad it works for you. I'm happy to have you here. Welcome and good afternoon, good evening in Australia. Morning from Ohio, woke up early and decided to play some Vampire Survivors. No, that's not a brand new neighborhood game in which you stalk young kids throughout the streets of your neighborhood. It is, in fact, a Steam and PC game, which I am told I have to play and I still have not. Uh, so I apologize to everyone who has told me I have to play that. Hello from Italy. Hello, Alessia. Hello, Italy. Uh, more folks from Australia. Good Australian representation today. I would do an Australian accent, but... I think you'd find it offensive and or poor, uh, and we're not going to start our day off with that. Uh, so we'll, we'll save it for the family who hates every time I try to put on a voice of any kind, uh, because I have to be honest, they're terrible. Uh, hi from Rhode Island. Uh, my wife's saying I love Kentucky in the morning. That's why I mentioned it, honey. I, I know you do. <laughs> Cheers from France, everyone. I think that's either a high five emoji or a praying emoji. It might be based on context. Uh, you know, showing my age a little bit, but I think it's probably a high five in the context of saying cheers. Hmm. Uh, a lot of good mornings here. Good morning from Sarasota, Florida. Good morning from Chattanooga, Tennessee. I've been to Chattanooga. I don't think I've been to Sarasota. Hi from Eastern Tennessee. I've definitely been in Eastern Tennessee. Good morning from New Hampshire. Good morning, New Hampshire. That's awesome. Also, good afternoon from the Netherlands. That's a lot of fun. A lot of cool places, a lot of fun doing hangouts. Uh, we could chat about anything you want here before we start. We do have a lot of material to go through, so I'll probably be starting headlines uh, a little bit earlier, like we did uh, yesterday, where I think most of the episode, realistically, was headlines. It just depends uh, for this show, uh, if you haven't been with us before, if this is your first visit to hangouts and headlines. It just really depends on what kind of material we have. Sometimes, you know, we have five minutes of headlines uh, that has some interesting stuff to talk about, but otherwise we're just hanging out. We're answering questions and we talk about everything here. So if it is your first time, welcome. I can't make any promises as to what the subject matters might otherwise be. We do have somebody from the West Coast. It sounded like 4.30 in the morning. Uh, absolutely. Sierra says, as a Hawaii resident, I vote to eliminate time zones. Uh, perpetually behind and forgetting that work emails sent at 4 p.m. Hawaiian are offensive 10 p.m. alerts to folks on the East Coast. <laughs> oh my God, if I got offended by every late night ridiculous email that I got uh, in my line of work, uh, which is of course outside counsel for the most part to, uh, to folks, I would be perpetually offended. I would be the human equivalent of Twitter. And who wants that, right? Who wants that? But in all honesty, uh, even people that are to the east of me or otherwise in my same time zone, if you're talking about opposing counsel, they like to send things at ridiculous times. I think 
either because they're just uh, sadists or masochists, depending on the direction these emails are flowing, or because big law has actually gotten that bad. Uh, because for the most part, I'm negotiating things against big law firms, fancy law firms that like to start out their phone calls with me by telling me, uh, well, you know, this is the way things are done. Uh, and then I have to I have to unfortunately tell them that I've been doing mergers for like 20 years and that I probably went to a better law school than them and ranked higher. And it's all very fun. Everybody has a great time on opposing counsel calls. Uh, but very often when you've got these big firms talking to you, they like to they like to uh tell you oh pat on the head yes solo practitioner in michigan we'll we'll we'll, we'll handle this for you and it's a lot of fun uh you get to have those fun interactions with people i enjoy them um but you can't let that kind of stuff get you down but i certainly hear you hawaii i think if you're if you've got that kind of spread between your email alerts and everything else i i can understand trying to time that uh out uh certainly i've had instances where people also do it backwards um and that's that's fun in and of itself where they set up a thing and they think like somehow going east makes the time uh, go backwards. Uh, it's, it's a whole thing. Anyway, thank you for the uh, thank you for the chat. Thank you for the comment. Love it. Hello from India. Hello from Mexico. Hi from Earth. What else do we have here? Uh, we got uh, something about time zones. Hello from Maryland. Uh, afternoon from the UK. Looking forward to some potentially feisty hogue. Upside down smiley face. Oh, that is a that is a dangerous smiley face emoji, right? You never know where that one's going. Uh, morning from the thumb, Michiganders. Hello. Hi from Warsaw, Poland. Hello. Hi from Lithuania. Hey, Nita, thank you for the super chat. It is 2.39 p.m. Okay, yeah, that is a, that is a good time. That's a, that's a workday kind of podcast. Uh, YouTube struck and unsubscribed me from over 30 channels, including yours. Hey, I will say this. Uh, we're seeing a lot of auto unsubscribes. It's not limited to this channel. We're not getting attacked. Nobody, nobody make the thumbnail Hoga is being attacked or anything like that. Um, YouTube is having some difficulties this month. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know whether they're trying to do a butt scrub and otherwise capturing a, a bunch of actual legitimate people. We'll, we'll see. We'll see real people accusing other real people of being bots in today's video. So get excited about that. But if you like this content and you thought you were subscribed, just make sure that that button is actually lit up in the proper direction. I think it turns gray when it is subscribed because I'm getting notes that a lot of people have been auto subscribed from the channel. Um, and that's no fun. Uh, so either way, subscribe. Uh, try, if, if you don't like it, don't subscribe. I mean, you don't have to. Uh, if you want to subscribe and you don't like it, I mean, that's that's your business. I'm not trying to judge you on that kind of thing. Uh, but uh, uh, when you're talking about these kinds of issues, people jump to YouTube being um, malicious in some way. And I really just don't think that's the case. I think they're having some major technical issues this summer. I think people aren't getting notifications. People are getting auto unsub. You saw this past week, they were really having difficulty with some pretty dangerous kind of phishing scams in this space. It's what got me uh, to go get a check mark when I really hadn't even thought about it uh, to make sure that you knew when I commented on something that it was me with a check mark and not people using the logo and trying to get you to give them their information on like WhatsApp. I never use WhatsApp. People don't follow those links if they still exist. Um, so YouTube's having a lot of problems. Uh, so please do check it out. Subscribe if you're unsubscribed. Uh, there's only so much I can do with the with the robots and the the mercurial tech platform, uh, which we talk about a lot. Um, Miss Borgius Borg, Hogue, if I find a store that I feel could be decent for virtual legality headlines and hangouts, how can I share it in a good way? My best, the best way to reach me is DM on Twitter. I will say this, um, 
for some reason, folks like to message me. Folks like to communicate with me. It is very strange to get as much kind of uh, volume of substance as I've gotten since really realistically since we've done the trial. Um, so if I miss it or I don't get to it, I apologize for that in advance. Uh, but I do see, I think, almost everything that goes through the Twitter DMs, uh, even though some of those kind of get filtered and I have to go through a different menu and Twitter isn't great about that. Um, but my DMs are open. Send me those articles that way. Um, and uh, that's how I find a lot of the subject matter here. So uh, in all honesty, I look for what interests me. Some of those are just pure what I'm interested in. The Bridgerton one was like yesterday. Um, this one was actually sent to me by, man, how many people sent me this article over the weekend? 20, 25? Um, because of what happened in this particular article. We'll see when we get there. Um, but uh, yeah, we're not going to actually be talking about the substance of this article so much. Uh, there's a lot of people, a lot of my colleagues that you probably are familiar with on YouTube that are talking about like what's in this document dump. We're going to talk about its existence. We're going to talk about how it came to be. We're going to give a shout out to Andrea Burkhardt, who made this happen. Uh, and then we're going to talk about how it's been reported and poorly at at least one major outlet. Um, and so that's that's going to be what we talk about. It's a hangouts and headlines concept. We talk about how the media reports on things. Uh, and there are other places where you can go and get deep dives. I think Alita at Legal Bites did a big deep dive yesterday. Lots of fun stuff uh, there. Uh, but yeah, send it to me on Twitter. That's the best way to reach me. It's, it doesn't work with comments all the time because YouTube tends to scrub links. Uh, so that's why I send people to Twitter. Uh, if I could tell YouTube to accept like normal looking links, I would. But if I turn off the filters for that kind of thing, well, then things just get worse uh, in the comment section. And that's no fun for anybody. Um, but great question. Thank you. Uh, we got Germany. We got Illinois. We've got south of the United Kingdom. We've got Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Don't lie, says Britt Cormier. I don't intend to lie. What, what, where's this going? You went to Michigan. I did. Sorry, but if your football team is any indication, law school there was not great. LOL. Wow. Man. Look, if football teams were any indication of a school's prowess at whatever it was teaching, then Northwestern would be the worst possible school to go to in the Big Ten. Uh, and that's just, that's not the case. We know that football and law school don't necessarily match up. But I do have to say, this past year, I, I think Michigan and the Mighty Wolverines are the champions of the conference and smacked Ohio State in the head. So, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about it this year. Don't, you know, for the next 17 years or whatever it was the record before this last year, uh, you, you can have that. I'm sure you will be free to do so. Uh, but this year, right now, we're champions, baby. <laughs> do those YouTubey things, says Carol's Dark Sarcasm. See, I don't think I can pull that off. That's like Alita's phrase. I can't tell you to do YouTubey things. It feels wrong. Uh, but yeah, do, do, do those things. Check the buttons and whatnot. Uh, YouTube likes it, maybe. Uh, YouTube, YouTube is acting real weird uh, this year right now. Uh, living in Hawaii also means waking up to 20 urgent emails tasks while I was asleep. Yeah, it's like uh, a permanent daily vacation uh, insofar as you sleep. Uh, and then when you get back, you're like, oh my God, what have I done? Uh, the day after vacation, I can't speak for everybody in everybody's profession, but is one of the worst days. Um, and you can kind of hear those beeps or vibrates that you're skipping. If you're trying to, you know, relax and recuperate and look at a lake, I highly recommend it. Lakes are cool. Um, and you hear them kind of building up and then you go back and you're like, oh my God. And you need three different task lists and figuring out what you missed and who's on fire and whatnot. 
what else we got here? That's right, Mrs. Hoglaw. Britt comes out of nowhere and attacks me. Now, he paid for the privilege, so I respect it. But, man. Uh, what else we got going here? Hi, from Sydney, Australia. We have a lot of Australians here. I um, I want to know if, there's a, if there actually is a prevalence of kangaroos or if you never see a kangaroo if you're in Australia. These are the things I wonder. Um, but uh, I actually had a, I had a colleague that was native of Australia had, had moved to the States to practice law. Uh, and I think, uh, for like his, his family, um, and he used to try to convince me to go out there because he said it was just some of the prettiest land ever. And he would put pictures of waterfalls up, uh, and tell me that I had to go to Australia to see these things and that there were kangaroos. And, um, you know, this is, this is, this is something maybe I should check out, but it's a long flight. <laughs> it's a long trip to Australia. It's the opposite end of the earth. Um, uh, Hogue, have you heard anything back from the Guardian author yet? I know it's been weeks. You know, I haven't. Um, I suspect that's not going to happen. Uh, maybe I'll follow up on it. Uh, I don't like to bug people on these kinds of things. But, um, yeah, I suspect it's not going to happen. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. Uh, what do we got here? Uh, you've got Virginia, bleary-eyed San Franciscan here. Getting ready to take the early ferry into work. Man, I never had to take a ferry into work. That's kind of a movie thing. That's awesome. See that in New York. See that in the uh, in the West Coast. Uh, oh yeah, we have uh, we have this announcement. This is part of what's happening with YouTube, right? So Nick Ricada, if you follow him, he got suspended for somewhat nebulous reasons, um, and then that suspension was like a week long uh, plus. Um, and so they they are doing various things. I can't speak to Nick. Look. Nick says some things probably could get suspended uh, on any given episode. Um, so I don't know the specifics of that particular circumstance, but I do know that YouTube is notorious at not telling you what in the world is happening. Uh, and that's the biggest problem there. Hi from Wales. First up, hangouts and headlines. Second, finally giving my master's degree presentation and finishing school. Congratulations. That's an awesome kind of setup. Is that today or this week? That is awesome. Congratulations. Hello from Kentucky. Me and Mrs. Hogue love Kentucky. So uh, congratulations on all of that. Maxime talking about vacation emails, coming back to work to 500 notifications and 2000 emails. Burnt out before noon on a Monday, squinting, happy, maybe psychotic emoji. Uh, yeah, absolutely. As a Buckeye, even I think that was a bit harsh. LOL. Yeah, you know, it's coming at me. It's all good. We can, we can have a conversation about Michigan Law School. Got a very good education there. Uh, having a lunch break here in cloudy Brighton on the south coast of England, United Kingdom. I know Brighton primarily from Doctor Who. So, you know, I am I am an American who gets his information about these things from science fiction television programming. Uh, but that's fantastic. Good morning, everybody. Wonderful walkthrough. Let's talk about some of the things here. Um, whenever I talk about headlines, obviously we don't get to the super chats as well or, or questions like that. So, you know, hold them for afterwards. I'll try to break for comments and things like that. Uh, but we've got a lot to talk about this morning. So let's do it. On your screen right now is a tweet from Andrea Burkhart, who you might know from some of the coverage of the trial. Uh, she is an appellate attorney. She's very smart. Uh, and she is the one that organized for these files from Depp v. Heard to actually get released to the public uh, or made available to the public. Released is actually a term 
of art here that a lot of people are getting confused. So when the court case finished formally at the trial court level, it's going to appeals, but it's out of the trial court's hands uh, at this point. One of the things the judge did was they released all of the materials that were otherwise kept under lock and key during uh, the actual pendency of the trial so as to not pollute anything, to not have any issues, etc. They released them, but they don't otherwise make them available on the internet where people can see them. Now, there's a whole host of arguments about whether public courts should be doing more to make these things available separately, but they don't. Um, and so in this particular case, there's, I think, I think it's, I'm told, I haven't gone through these documents, so, you know, take this with a grain of salt. There are other people that haven't gone through these documents that have very, very strong opinions on them. Take those with more than a grain of salt. We'll get there. Um, but there are 6,600 or so pages of documents, according to the people have, who have looked at these things. And the way courts charge for the production of those is that they actually charge often very exorbitant fees for producing a piece of paper in there. So for 6,600 pages, it's going to cost a fair amount of money. So what Andrea did is she went out there and she essentially crowdsourced funding for people that would be interested in these documents. And then she put them on her website and made them available to everyone for free. And that has filtered out through all of these various um, uh, press uh, outlets. So Andrea says, I received a lot of press inquiries about those files. Here's the statement that I released to everyone who contacted me, except Kat Tenbarge, who gets nothing. Uh, that's, you know, uh, we'll talk about Kat. She's in this video, don't worry. And she put out a press release uh, that said, and I apologize for the Zoom here, um, over 6,600 pages of recently unsealed documents in the Deputy Heard matter were obtained by attorney Andrea Burkhart and published on her website. This is how you have to write press releases is so that they can copy and paste what you're saying about yourself. Uh, Burkhart said, in the United States, we have a tradition of open courts with trials open to the public. The Supreme Court recognized in Richmond Newspapers, Inc. versus Virginia that the First and Fourteenth Amendments clearly give the press and the public a right of access to trials. The public's right of access is not absolute, but the justification for access to court records in general is that transparency in government is critical for us to be able to evaluate our system of justice and determine if it is working as we expect and intend it to. Amber Heard and her attorney have gone on national television to claim that the trial wasn't fair because she wasn't allowed to present certain evidence to the jury. The public has an interest in being able to assess the merits of her complaints about the court system. Certainly, if the system is not fair and did not treat a party fairly, then that is something that we would want to know. Virginia has a statute that specifically provides that records maintained by the circuit courts shall be open for inspection and that copies will be furnished subject to a reasonable fee. At 50 cents per page, yowza, these 6,642 pages cost $3,321. The enthusiasm for accessing copies of the documents was rapid and overwhelming and sufficient funds were raised within hours. Excess funds totaling $7,000, so the total crowdfunding here was 10,000 plus, were donated to Children's Hospital of Los Angeles and Art of Elysium, two charities that were impacted by the trial. I again thank the hundreds of generous people who donated. Having followed this trial for more than two years, my appreciation for the importance of direct access to court records has grown because prestige media outlets have proven unable or unwilling to accurately and fairly report on the proceedings. Recent wildly inaccurate coverage about these unsealed documents reaffirms the importance of making these materials publicly available so that everyone can evaluate the contents themselves. And yes, don't we live in a blessed world where the internet and other digital means allow us to evaluate the source material ourselves? We've talked a lot about this when we talk about Depp v. Heard, but one of the really interesting parts of this is what would this have looked like in terms of popular understanding of what just happened if it were only seen through the eyes of the masthead media? 
uh, right? The folks that we think of as the legacies of maintaining newspapers. Certainly a lot of the reporting we've talked about in headlines here is suggestive of a certain slant of interpretation of the facts at hand. And in fact, one of the reasons I started with this particular press release is you heard at the end, and I, I complimented on Andrea on this particular release because I think it's a very good approach to describing what happened here, that people were interested in getting more information. This is not framed as Depp fans just wanting pro-Depp stuff and anti-Amber Heard stuff. And in fact, I think it would be unfair to characterize that, which might sound like a weird thing. Hey, Rick, why are you even mentioning that? No, surely nobody would characterize this particular setup that way because that isn't what anybody thinks happened here. Well, there's a reason I'm saying that I don't think that would be a fair way to characterize it. I'm, I'm sure you can already guess at what that is uh, as we go through the video. But I wanted to make clear that this was essentially truth seekers wanting more truth. And yeah, they're going to be fans of one side or the other that are going to try to spin these things. They're going to try to evaluate them. But at the end of the day, Andrea Burkhardt has made them available for free for everybody. Put them on her website. I will link this. I don't think it's currently linked in the description. Anybody that wants to check out anything can go here. She's got them on her website. Very fancy, very classy a website. She's got a documents page and you can go and get whatever of these that you want. Uh, and no, I don't know which ones have the thousands of pages that apparently get 45 documents to 6,600 pages. Uh, but you can dive as deeply as you want into these things. I know a number of my colleagues have. You can check out their videos on this topic. But it's a real tremendous service, honestly. And Andrea deserves a tremendous uh, plaudits and kudos uh, for that. So cheers to Andrea for doing this and, and making that available to everybody. And realizing that source material is the most important thing that we can need when we evaluate these things. And how do we know that? Well, we know it from places like the Daily Beast. Now, the Daily Beast is not an outlet with which I am terribly familiar. Uh, so we're going to take a look at this headline. We're going to read just the opening here. And then we're going to look at some other sourcing for what this outlet is and how this individual that wrote this article is interacting online because they are not covering themselves in glory. So this is an article at the Daily Beast. These documents get released or they go and pay for their own access to them, but I doubt that. Uh, and they put out a headline that says, unsealed Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard court documents reveal shocking new claims. Now, in this given case, where you've got blood painted on the walls and you've got severed fingers and you've got arguments over whether or not extra material was left in the marital bed, it would seem difficult to shock uh, on this particular instance. And yet, no, I can't even sell it that way. It's not shocking. And in fact, one of the issues that is shocking in this particular article is how self-evident it is that this author didn't actually watch the trial. Now, that's not in and of itself a terrible thing if you admit these things up front. Uh, but when you are evaluating what did or did not happen in the trial, what was or was not excluded, what was shocking out of other materials, it's probably pretty important to figure out what people have already been exposed to, uh, right? And if you don't know my history with this, um, I didn't know anything going into the trial. I did look at some of the stuff that was excluded, like the Australia tape during jury deliberations and after the evidence was presented to the jury and after I had said I thought that uh, Mr. Depp would win. Uh, but I don't know a lot of what's in here. Um, and I don't know a lot of the, the kind of outside stuff that other people that are otherwise operating in the space definitely do know. Uh, like there, there are folks 
operating on the internet that know seemingly everything about this entire saga. Um, and so we, we'll look at this a little bit. This is by an individual by the name of Marlo Stern, um, who is active on the internet and is uh, actively uh, impugning some of my colleagues. We'll talk about that uh, as well. For seven weeks, our social media feeds were held hostage by the Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard defamation trial in Fairfax County, Virginia. Depp, who'd previously been found by a UK judge to have abused Heard on 12 occasions. <laughs> okay, so stop, pause. It's early, right? We haven't even gotten anywhere. That was not a domestic abuse case. That was a libel case. Um, so even, even the UK uh, doesn't actually find abuse. Uh, the UK finds a legitimacy in the newspaper's ability to talk about the abuse. And yes, there's a truthfulness kind of concept in the UK. It's a little bit reversed from what we do in the US, but it's important to get these things right. Um, Amber Heard isn't a party to that trial in the UK. They aren't actively looking at specifically what happened in those instances as much as they are trying to establish that the newspaper could believe in the truthfulness of those instances. And, you know, even then, that's obviously a little bit controversial after the Virginia decision is made. Uh, but, yeah, we have to be careful with the way we describe these things, especially if we're going out to an audience that may or may not know the legal specifics on these things, uh, right? Like, I'm willing to grant that technically this might be okay in terms of accurate. Like, I'm not thinking you could sue for defamation on this against the Daily Beast, but it really isn't complete. Um, and as we talk about from the legal side of things, incompleteness is often as bad as an intentional lie. Uh, in fact, there are a lot of laws, especially around securities and business operations in the United States, that would say if you omit to state a material fact that makes something that you've otherwise said misleading, then you're just as guilty of a lie as anything else. Uh, and so er, we're having trouble right from the opening alleged three counts of defamation by Heard related to a 2018 op-ed she published in the Washington Post, wherein she called herself a public figure representing domestic abuse who spoke out against sexual violence. Pirates of the Caribbean star claimed the piece damaged his reputation and career to the tune of $50 million, prompting Heard to file a $100 million counterclaim against Depp, which still sounds ridiculous. On June 1st, after 61 hours of testimony from each side, I don't, I don't know that Johnny Depp used his whole time there towards the end. I think there's probably a few hours that he didn't use. Uh, but again, useless, superfluous facts, right? Like we know the Depp team had a bunch of hours left on the last day. We don't think they used them all, including dozens of experts and witnesses, all of which was live streamed to a ravenous public. The jury ruled that Heard had defamed Depp, awarding him $10.35 million in damages. Again, specifics matter, right? So the jury didn't award him $10.35 in damages. The jury awarded him $15 million in damages. And then statutes reduce it to $10.35 million, right? Like, there's nothing that is wrong about this overall. But if you are reporting on things, you have to get the facts right. And, and this isn't like the biggest deal in the world. But you can do this better, right? We can expect more from people that do carry a certain amount of audience into these kinds of decisions. Heard, meanwhile, was granted $2 million. Heard's team has since filed a post-trial motion asking the court to set aside the verdict or order a new trial, arguing that Heard played no role in crafting the op-ed's headline that had the phrase sexual violence in it, that the amount awarded to Depp was disproportionate and that a juror may have impersonated another juror. The judge denied the motions, though Heard can still appeal. 
So um, this should not be reported this way because the judge has already denied the motions. The Herd's team is no longer since filed anything. All of this is dead. Herd can still appeal. Herd has already filed a notion of appeal. Uh, and so has Johnny Depp. Like this is getting appealed from both sides. This, this is already indicative of someone that is not up to speed on this. Not that that's like a personal uh, weakness, right? You don't have to be up to speed on Depp. Be heard if this is the first you've heard of it. Welcome. This is Hangouts and Headlines. But if you are writing an article designed to inform and you're in your opening paragraphs, this is where you're setting the groundwork, you're giving people information, it might be a good idea to make sure that you're telling people exactly what happened. Depp, for his part, launched a TikTok account, presumably as a thank you to his legion of rabid fans who flooded the algorithm with selectively curated clips from the trial favoring their hero and quietly settled a lawsuit with a crew member who claimed that the actor drunkenly assaulted him on the set of City of Lies. That case was set to go to trial this month. Over the weekend, more than 6,000 pages of court documents in the Depp v. Heard trial were unsealed. No, they were unsealed before the weekend. They were made available over the weekend. The docs, which were viewed by the Daily Beast, shed new light on the case seen around the world, providing new insights into each team's legal strategy. Ultimately, as you'll see, the mountain of docs do not appear to reflect too well on Team Depp. Okay, so here we go with the introduction. By the time you get to do not appear to reflect too well on Team Depp, might be true. In fact, we would expect it to be true. We'll talk about that in a second. You know that we're already slanted in the approach here, right? Like everything that we have seen in the prior paragraphs suggests to us what direction this is likely to go, and they will go that direction in this article. Spoiler alert, I know. Uh, but we can still read all of this and understand that that's the direction it's likely to go, and, and we can use our critical thinking skills. We can put our thinking caps on. If you if you think back to elementary school, I don't know if that's a thing everywhere in the world. It was certainly a thing uh, in my United States elementary school education. Put your thinking caps on, and we know what direction this is likely to go. We also should be holding up a, a yellow flag at least for, does this guy actually know what happened in the trial? And we'll find good evidence that he, in fact, does not. Now, I promised you we'd talk about these sources. Uh, we're going to use Wikipedia. This is dangerous when evaluating things like journalistic outlets that talk about politics or modern uh, zeitgeisty type things, right? Wikipedia is very good at facts that are quantitatable, quanti quantifiable, quantitatable. <laughs> good morning, everyone. Uh, quantifiable and not so good on anything at all that has a modicum of subjectivity to it. So when we talk about what is the daily beast, take that into account. But I thought it would be useful to at least understand what the heck this thing is. It's an American news website focused on politics, media, and pop culture founded in 2008. You know, with more political stuff happening on the Hoglaw channel, uh, we, we could almost be described as this right now. Uh, it has been characterized as a high-end tabloid. Well, we can't, we can't call ourselves that. Uh, by an individual here, we seek out scoops, scandals, and stories about secret worlds. We love confronting bullies, bigots, and hypocrites. I mean, it does seem like there's there's some bullies and bigots and hypocrites involved in this particular case, but I'm not sure that the, the Daily Beast sees it the same as I do. The name of the site was taken from a fictional newspaper in a novel called Scoop. And at least as of 2018, the Daily Beast has a social media policy for journalists that consists of three main rules. You're reporters, not cheerleaders, so don't be an open partisan, which I assume is about primarily politics, but it would seem applicable to any subject matter you're covering. Avoid hate speech and posts that could offend a group, okay? And don't get your fellow reporters in trouble. Words for the Washington Post to live by. How you doing, Washington Post? 
I've seen you back there. We got more to cover on you, I'm sure. Um, so basically, it's a tabloid uh, with delusions of grandeur. And that's fine. That is a fine market to serve. Uh, but it does create problems when you go out there with introductory paragraphs like what we saw. And when we start seeing the individual in question behind the article get a little active online. In case you missed it, 6,000 pages of court documents in the Depp v. Heard defamation case were unsealed, shedding light on the inner workings of both legal teams and the dirty tricks Depp's team in particular employed. Okay. All right. A little partisan. That's fine, I guess. These are three of the top Twitter trolls who do Depp Camp's bidding. So be wary of whatever they post. They call out this particular reference in a motion to that umbrella guy, one of the favorites of Elaine Bredehoff, even though I think she says it's the umbrella man or something like that. Uh, that Brian fella, who we've done some streams with, and the real Laura B, who I know has been in comments and chats uh, in the past. So he's establishing that because they appear in this motion, because Waldman used them as outlets in some important respects, that they are trolls. Now, you don't have to like what these folks say. I don't follow, um, I don't think I follow any of them regularly, but I've had interactions with everybody but Umbrella Guy. Uh, it doesn't make them trolls, right? Reasonable minds can differ. Um, and reasonable people can even disagree with folks that otherwise agree with them on the basics, right? I think Johnny Depp deserved to win the case. I evaluated the evidence. And some of the people that are online, including some of my colleagues, go too far with that. Uh, that said, that doesn't make them trolls. That makes them maybe potentially a little bit more passionate than others, uh, a little bit more exuberant. Um, and we can still criticize each other and maintain friendships and personalities and relationships. Uh, but this kind of othering that we see sometimes, not just with journalists, but just with people, of putting somebody in an outgroup and saying, oh, these people are trolls is disconcerting, uh, right? That you can evaluate these things for yourself. Source material is always best. Uh, but when you start to just accuse people of things, you, you lose credibility first and foremost but it creates problems for me when I'm evaluating you, right? So we also have this particular author starting to just kind of randomly swing uh, at people. So here's Rob at Law & Lumber. Uh, I actually interacted with him uh, on this uh, the other day, or I guess yesterday, days are long. Uh, I'm more curious why you ran with your original story that reported 6,000 unsealed documents and that witnesses who actually testified were somehow prevented from doing so. We'll get to that. Uh, saw the corrections, but why not check first? And then he responds to Rob, with just a picture of his bio. And Rob says, effectively, I have no idea why you're doing this. I'm curious as to the point you're trying to make here. You could have scrolled further and noticed that I litigate in Fairfax County and was in the courtroom for testimony and argument in this case. Oh, and gave honest analysis of the trial plus and minus for both sides. The implication here being that because I believe he joined in May of 2022 and, and I can attest to Rob's being forcibly made to join social media and to start a YouTube channel and everything else. Uh, I had conversation with him both on stream and a lot off stream where he was, let's call it reluctant uh, to join the online fray here. I have no idea why, since he's better at it than me and, and maybe half the people that I know uh, online. Uh, but uh, he definitely only joined during the trial because he didn't love it. And you made him mad, right? So he starts commenting on the fact that he is uh, not listening to trolls. And folks say, well, Rob's a Fairfax lawyer. And Rob has a few things to say. Unless what the lawyer sees playing out in a courtroom that he or she practices and literally drives them to actually join YouTube so they can speak truth to nonsense and offer an honest assessment from a similarly positioned litigator that practices every day in this field of law. Because this was about the fact that unemployed ambulance chasing lawyers are on YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. 
And that's funny uh, because I, I'm not a litigator. I don't I don't chase ambulances. Uh, there are plenty of ambulance chasing lawyers. There are plenty of lawyers even on YouTube uh, that you can disagree with or that you can find untoward or that you can otherwise not enjoy the content they deliver. But, hey, they're on YouTube. They must not be a very good lawyer. Isn't a great kind of criticism. I mean, we can chat about it. We can talk receipts if you like, but I'm doing all right. Regardless of my personal opinions about Twitter, the dumpster fire that it is, it's man after my own heart, too many people were just reporting horribly incorrect information. Yep, I added my voice to try and give context and understanding, taking as much of myself out of the equation as possible, except with all the references to lumber. I created my Twitter account fewer than three months ago. Uh, sorry, Mr. Boozy. Uh, that's the uh, bot sentinel individual who has said he's coming after hate on YouTube next. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But I am as real as the person you pass on the street on your way to work. See, that's not a great argument, Rob. I mean, you say you're a litigator, but I don't know if the person I pass on the street on my way to work is real or not. Do you? Y'all might hate my opinions and you have every right to do just that. However, having seen the total vitriol and hate spread by others, it only convinced me to stay on this platform to try and give truthful and honest opinions to those who would otherwise be targeted, hated, or misled. This is a platform intended for the exercise of free speech, and that's exactly what I intend to do. The marketplace of ideas and thought is open to all comers. You might not like what's being said, but it's free and open nonetheless. Okay, rant over. So yeah, Rob uh, Rob got upset. <laughs> at the, <coughs> excuse me. Wow. Rob, you're choking me up here uh, at, uh, at, at this, and who can blame him? But this is the individual that wrote this article. So let's see what he found to be so shocking. Did Depp want to submit Heard's nudes into evidence in unsealed pretrial court documents? So this is part of the problem here uh, in reporting from a legal perspective is what we are looking at in these documents is a series of motions, uh, both to uh, add things, to exclude them, to fight against the additions of evidence. Uh, and it, it strikes me that at least some people don't know how to read them. Um, and so what is argued here can sometimes be strategic in and of itself, including setting up straw men on one side or the other to frame your opponent as untowards and overly aggressive and unjust, right? What does a judge care about when they're running their courtroom is justice and evaluating all these claims. So you have these fights that are both about the substance of the evidence being presented and also proxy battles in terms of framing how you want the judge to evaluate your opposing counsel and things like that. So that gets lost in the wash here. It is basically assumed that every bit and portion of these documents is an accurate representation of what both parties want. And that's just skipping the strategy of litigation. Uh, and from the corporate side of things, right, I'm a corporate lawyer, you see this and you see problems in reporting when we talk about representations and warranties. Uh, we saw this with the Microsoft and Activision deal, for instance, where essentially in a merger document, the company that is being purchased makes a series of what we call representations. They are promises. And they say, our company exists. Our company has the authority to sell itself. Our business isn't fraudulent. Our business isn't bribing foreign officials. We are not currently being sued for anything, et cetera, et cetera. They make these promises. And sometimes the journalists go in there and report on, oh my God, Activision just said they're not being sued for anything. And we know the state of California is suing them. Yep, because those provisions are very specific in the law to establish risk allocation and not for the truth of the matter asserted, which might be a phrase that you are otherwise familiar with. Now, if you actually read these materials and you read what they tell the SEC or their own investors, they will say 
Those reps and warranties are negotiated positions to allocate risk between the parties and should not be read for the veracity of the substance of what is said. And that's true. That is a good way to set up that document. That is a way I have set them up for 20 years or so, almost 17, 18. Uh, and yet it's still skipped by journalists looking to say, oh my God, Activision just lied in their merger document. You can go see those articles. And I'm trying my best to help out those journalists and you know, give free consultations and say, hey, this is actually what's happening here. Don't report that. Um, and get good and better information out there. But that happens here, right? So what you've got here is Herd's team saying, Mr. Depp inappropriately seeks to introduce evidence of the following irrelevant personal matters. Nude pictures of Amber Heard, Amber Heard's sister Whitney's reality show video, Whitney and Amber's past romantic relationships, Amber's brief stint as an exotic dancer years before she met Mr. Depp and Mr. Depp attempting to previously and maliciously suggest or imply that Ms. Heard was at one time an escort. And this is their motion. So it's designed to be on their side. We don't actually have, based on this document, as reported by the Daily Beast, and again, I am not diving through these documents, but I am also not claiming to have dived through these documents. We, we don't know the veracity of this accusation, right? This isn't aimed specifically uh, at something that the DEP team is doing, and you'd need to start lining these things up to see if, essentially, the herd team is trying to tar them with uh, an unwarranted brush. Nothing wrong with that, really. Uh, in litigation, this kind of thing happens in both directions. And that's the other aspect of this, is that folks want to put this on Depp fans and thinking that they'd show Depp to be a hero, et cetera, et cetera. I think realistically, everybody knew there would be stuff that would be on Heard's side in here. Even when we were looking at the uh, motions in the courtroom, we heard of evidence and testimony that I sat there and said, oh, that's interesting that that got excluded. I understand why it was hearsay in this particular case. I believe it was Mr. Duders, uh, that is one of uh, Johnny Depp's friends. And I say, oh, it's interesting that he texted that there might have actually been a kick on that flight because I don't think that evidence actually got into the trial. And would that have changed things? And I think probably not because there are reasons why he would say that just to placate and things like that. But it was still interesting to note. And you knew that kind of evidence would be presented in these kinds of documents. Uh, and so none of this is surprising so far. Depp's team tried to use the death of Heard's friend against her. We heard a little bit about this accident on the internet. A deposition of Whitney Henriquez, Heard's sister, dated February 3rd, 2022, is included among the newly unsealed court documents. During the interview, Depp's attorneys ask a series of questions about Logan, a friend of Heard's, who passed away in a car accident as a teenager, which had a profound impact on Heard. And according to Henriquez, left her devastated. Depp's attorneys first asked if Heard and Logan were romantically involved or ever fought, to which Enriquez replied no. They then attempted to insinuate that Heard told Enriquez that she was with Logan the day he died or was driving the car he died in, to which Henriquez said that did not happen. Still, Depp's attorneys continued to press, asking whether Heard's driver's license being suspended had anything to do with that accident. It had nothing to do with it. And yeah, that's, that's a deposition probing for useful material that would play into this particular question. Again, I don't know that Depp's team tried to use the death of Heard's friend against her. The mission is to use whatever against the other party. Uh, and the court then evaluates what is more probative, what is more useful to uh, evaluating the guilt or innocence of a party in a given circumstance or prejudicial. And the court clearly found that anything related to this subject matter would be more prejudicial than probative. It's not useful to understanding whether she defamed Johnny Depp in 2018. And so it was, in all likelihood, I'm not, again, looking at the documents, disallowed. There were a number of subjects we saw 
that were disallowed by the court as effectively being more prejudicial than probative, including references to the ultimate determination of the UK case, because that had different facts and different rules under a different court of law. And you could see when they walked right up to it that there were warnings given and that the herd team couldn't say that Johnny Depp had lost the UK case because that was evaluated to be more prejudicial than useful. So that's not weird. Depp has a bunch of damning texts. And I'm not going to read these because I'm just not looking for YouTube to have a nice long email chat with me talking about my various sins. But one of the things that pops up here is that I believe at least some of these are actually in the trial. Um, and so one of the things that's happening in this article is that information that we know, that we saw watching the seven-week trial is presented in this article as new, right? We've got Heard walked away from millions we know this. This was presented. This was testified to on her side that she could have gotten more for community property from Pirates 4, Pirates 5, uh, and that they she didn't want the money. Now, this is actually referencing to uh, an email from her lawyers. That isn't what got her in trouble in this. It was that she said she donated the money when she hadn't. Uh, Depp said he's not alleging harm from Herd is a misreading of the legal status here. So here we have the author say, though Depp's team spent many hours of the trial trying to paint Heard as the abuser in the relationship, an unsealed motion by Depp's team opposing a mental examination of Depp argued that the actor should not be subjected to an independent medical examination because Mr. Depp is not alleging harm based on a specific physical or mental injury. Depp's team further claimed that Mr. Depp does not allege a specific cause of action for intentional or negligent infliction of emotional distress, does not assert that Ms. Hurd's actions caused him a specific psychiatric injury, and does not claim that Ms. Hurd's action caused him to experience unusually severe emotional distress. That's how he doesn't have a, a court-ordered psychiatric evaluation of him, but you're missing the fact that he alleges damages to his career based on defamation. This is, once again, not a domestic abuse case. It is a defamation case. And not only that, it's defamation about a heinous act, a criminal act, and one that affects directly his livelihood. So the Virginia courts allowed this to be presented as what we call defamation per se, which is that this lie is self-evidently damaging. And so you don't even have to present damage information. The reason it's presented in this fashion is because, as you might know, if you followed the trial, Amber Heard was ordered to have a psychiatric evaluation or a psychological evaluation. I apologize. I'm not, I'm not the medical guy. We'll get some medical folks in at some point. Uh, have that evaluation because she was alleging uh, that she did experience those damages, that that was part of her case and that she had, I believe, PTSD uh, was originally the claim. And so that could be evaluated for the truthfulness of that uh, in this particular case. Johnny Depp basically only ever argued on the damage side uh, that she defamed him and that he lost work because of it. Uh, and so all of this makes sense. And this is an inaccurate headline. It's, it's very specifically based on a physical or mental injury. He didn't claim that he had a physical or mental injury. He claimed that the public's goodwill towards him was injured by her actions. That is not something that is subject to psychological evaluation, but it also doesn't mean that he didn't allege harm. Heard's list of comparable actors. So here's where you again see really highlighted and in bold that this guy didn't watch the trial. A rather dubious claim made by Heard's team in pretrial docs was that the actress suffered economic losses in the range of 47 to 50 million over a three to five year period due to defamatory statements made by Depp and his inner circle. 
Uh, nope, it's just his inner circle. Depp didn't say these things. Heard's team further listed a series of actors that they felt were comparable to Heard in stature, including Jason Momoa, Gal Gadot, Zendaya, Anna de Armas, and Chris Pine. All of these actors were clearly much bigger stars than Heard. Now, before I got through all of this and I evaluated this individual online, I have to admit, I was researching this for this video. I read this paragraph and I could not for the life of me figure out why this paragraph was included because I'm waiting for something to be said that is new, right? This list of comparable actors is famous in this trial because of how ridiculous it is. This is something that you remember. Who can forget Counselor Dennison saying, I'm sorry, you think it's comparable to Captain Kirk in open court shortly after he had just said the hashtag Amber Turd a number of times. He really enjoyed those moments uh, in the trial. This is not anything new at all, but it exposes you for not having a familiarity with the subject matter you are reporting on, which again, isn't a human frailty, but it is a problem when what your actual task is, is to evaluate new information primarily for its newness. And then you go out there in an article and say things that we already know because we watched it. Were Depp's photos and audio subject to manipulation? According to the unsealed court documents, Heard's team argued that metadata from photos and audio submitted by Depp as evidence in the case reveals the items were modified days before their production. In this case, that Depp produced multiple partial audio recordings that begin and end in the middle of a sentence and that metadata indicates the audio recordings were created in September of 15 and then modified in June of 16 and again one day before their production. But Depp only produced the modified version. This raises significant concerns. Heard's team repeatedly requested the full audio of these conversations but were denied it. As far as the photographs Depp produced allegedly showing scratches and bruises on his person from Heard, their metadata create, contained create and modify dates of years after the alleged incidents occurred. And that was all presented in these various documents. Now, the interesting part about that is, of course, both sides had metadata and technical experts. Uh, and, and this doesn't come up realistically at all. Whether or not that's because it's excluded, uh, we don't really know because we're not getting a good read on how these motions were actually received. Uh, by the court on these subjects, and we now have lost faith in this individual's ability to tell us from a legal perspective uh, what is happening. Uh, but certainly interesting. These things are great. Um, and I do, since I missed it yesterday, want to thank Lucky for gifting two more Hogue Law memberships. I know you gifted two yesterday. I really appreciate it. I forgot to mention that. Can't bring that up here uh, on StreamYard, but I really do appreciate that. Lucky is in here all the time giving out memberships, and it is a great support to the channel. So thank you for that. Uh, Russian bots. Depp's team argued in a separate motion that the court should exclude any evidence of his then-lawyer Adam Waldman's supposed misdeeds, including his Russian connections, which was granted by the court. Lawyers for Depp also fought to exclude evidence of negative social media traffic and purported Russian bot campaign regarding Ms. Heard. I love this just hangs out there. You can see exactly why the court doesn't allow this particular evidence, because it's just presented like this. He knows Russians, and could it be a Russian bot conspiracy? We have no evidence on this. Just could it be? Question mark. You can see the question mark here. Even the author isn't quite sure of what to say with these particular things. And again, it's weird that this is presented as something that's, wow, well, is this the truth? When above, we hear we hear this particular author say, Depp tried to use an accident that had nothing to do with this against her. It says, yes, these parties are looking for everything against each other. This is the pre-trial stage. This is what these documents should be doing. And it's exactly where the court earns its money is by evaluating these things in an adversarial process where both sides tries to present various things. Unlikely to lead to the discovery of admissible evidence among the unsealed court documents is a counterclaim filed by Depp's legal team on February 7th, objecting to Heard's 
fourth set of interrogatories. I don't know why that's in quotes. In response to Heard team's demand that Depp please describe in detail each and every incident during which you contend that Ms. Heard inflicted any type of physical or emotional violence or abuse upon you, along with dates, times, and locations, as well as a description of the communications and actions leading up to, through, and following such alleged violence or abuse, Depp's team further objects to this interrogatory as unlikely to lead to the discovery of admissible evidence and that it seeks documents and communications that are irrelevant. That's a shocking finding. Daily Beast, they're arguing about what should be responded to in a set of what amounts to due diligence requests and discovery. Okay. They got some Marilyn Manson stuff that a lot of people took up. I don't know anything about that case, so we'll just skip it here. Heard's testimony and evidence Depp fought to exclude. So this paragraph says Depp's legal team fought to convince the court to exclude the testimony of these various people, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it has an update. A previous version of this story said that the testimony from Barkin and others was excluded from jury consideration, but those motions by Team Depp were not signed by the judge, so they still factored in. No, no, the testimony was given. The jury evaluated them. If we go and look at how this looked when it happened and the reason why I got two dozen deliveries of this particular article uh, in my Twitter inbox is because it was reported as follows. Depp's legal team was somehow able to convince the court to exclude the jury from taking into account the testimony of actress Ellen Barkin, who claimed Depp angrily threw a bottle in her direction while they were dating. She did not. Her testimony was that it was not in anger and it was tossed uh, in her direction. How do I know that? Because I saw her testify before the jury. Dr. David Spiegel, a psychiatrist who testified on behalf of her about the alleged trauma inflicted by Depp. Dr. David Spiegel famously, uh, well, famously ridiculed for his performance in court, so much so that he did a Newsweek article about how it was unfair to public-facing trials for him to be so ridiculed. Famously out there as having testified in this court case. Text between Depp and his actor pal Paul Bettany, wherein Bettany suggests they submit her to a drowning test. Now, interestingly, we know that Johnny Depp's answer to this particular series of tweets is that they were a reference to Monty Python and making Monty Python jokes again. How do I know? Because that was presented in court. And I don't have a working notebook of everything I ever heard in court, but I do know I heard those comparable actors. I do know I heard Dennison say, like Captain Kirk, I do know that Dr. David Spiegel is a ridiculous person uh, and was probably the most problematic expert that Team Heard actually presented, so much so that my favorite part of Dr. David Spiegel's testimony is when the guy that does the voice for Dr. Doofenshmirtz from Phineas and Ferb put his voice to his testimony and it fit perfectly. What can I say? I remember these things. I remember Ellen Barkin. Why? Because she's a famous film actress that you kind of keep track of when they show up to actually testify in a trial of this type. I also know Kate Moss testified. Did you know that, author? On and on and on. No one that has any kind of baseline on this trial would ever write this paragraph. It continues. Also excluded was the testimony of Dr. Dawn Hughes. She testified twice. And her testimony was, again, so over the top that by the time she was done, we were evaluating how long she spoke about what Amber Heard told her and not independently verified, how she was using, in particular, genderizing of the roles of domestic abuse victim and perpetrator throughout her entire testimony, and much more. You can go check these things. And again, I haven't thought in this level of detail about this trial in at least a month and a half. And yet, having watched it, I remember these things happening. Now, I don't necessarily remember a forensic expert named Julian Ackard, but I do mostly refer to the forensic experts by whatever it is that they did rather than their names. That's just how I remember them. He could have been there. Friends of Herds testifying about various uh, bits of abuse. 
I'm not saying that everybody here on this list testified, but you certainly remember Dr. Hughes, Dr. Spiegel. You remember these texts. You remember Ellen Barkin. This is insanity. And this is why this got sent to me by so many people is because you did not have to have this like ironclad steel trap of a memory to understand that all of these things went before the jury and you wrote this paragraph anyway. So all of it comes tumbling down and you kind of understand when you watch it tumble down how you get this kind of lashing out from the author, right? Because everything that we have said just now in this video is accurate. I didn't go through the documents. I'm not going to sit here and tell you what is in those documents, but I can tell you what happened in the trial and I can tell you what bad reporting is rhetorically. And since it continues to be reported by this individual as effectively anti-DAP for reasons that are beyond my ken, since this individual also apparently doesn't know what actually happened in trial versus what this treasure trove of documents otherwise revealed, you get the impression that maybe this was slanted from the top and that appears to go against the entire ethos of what the Daily Beast wants to be. That's the media here talking about this particular case in many instances. And I say media, that's a little bit too grand, too broad, broad stroking, because we can also acknowledge that different people can see different things in this list, right? The New York Post, which I famously covered here in Hangouts and Headlines as being very positive about Amber Heard's side of things and reporting on the case in a very negative light for Johnny Depp, reversing course really once the jury verdict came out, as I expected more outlets to do. Usually a unanimous jury verdict will convince at least some journalistic outlets that that verdict was correct. That didn't appear to happen uh, in a number of instances. They find certain things themselves. They report on the fact uh, most prominently recently that Amber Heard's sister told boss actress did sever Johnny Depp's finger that we expected to be in there from what we saw from the various letters that we looked at outside of court in the jury deliberations phase, but that's evident here in some of the pre-trial motion documentation. And yet, even acknowledging for that, even acknowledging that reasonable minds can differ, I fully expect there to be pro-herd things in there, anti-herd things, pro-depth things, and anti-herd things. A lot of the internet is joking about various medical conditions that Johnny Depp might otherwise have. That's what's being reported on uh, very often. I don't find it terribly probative of the question here, and neither did the court. That's why it's not otherwise included in the evidence. You still get people that just take whatever the narrative is and run with it, right? We saw Andrea at the top of this particular headlines talk about this individual, Kat Tenbard. She has been discussed in this space, primarily related to Taylor Lorenz and the way the Washington Post is handling things. We do have to give credit, of course, to the Daily Beast for actually acknowledging the edit that they did to the section. I'm not sure that happened contemporaneous to the edit, uh, but it is in there now, and that's better than the Washington Post has done on this. And yet you have folks like Kat going out there and saying, during the trial, viral posts about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard were almost all in favor of Depp but things are starting to shift. I wanted to break down some of the ways individuals were able to fight back against the misinformation and harassment campaign, which kind of says all that you need to know about what this threat is going to do. Because again, even though Kat is ostensibly a journalist uh, and as is the individual that wrote for the Daily Beast, you can tell that they aren't evaluating facts as they come in, right? I don't want to speak for everybody. Other people are going to have different things that they want from journalism in general. But what I would like from journalists is the ability to evaluate new facts as they come in and continue to modify uh, their understanding of whatever the facts on the ground actually are. Instead, what we get 
from the, the Cat 10 barges of the world, the Daily Beast, the other places that we have seen here, is this notion that this is truth. I already know what truth is, so I don't need to be swayed on this by whatever the facts might be. This is truth, and everything that goes in favor of that is, uh, you know, speaking truth, and everything that goes against that is a misinformation and harassment campaign. And I did tweet out about this. I said, it's amazing to me. This is the problem with misinformation or disinformation as a concept. Primarily, it is being used right now online as whatever I disagree with. You can believe Amber Heard. You are more than welcome to do so. I think you are wrong to do so. I disagree with that assertion, that conclusion that you might otherwise have, but you are welcome to have it. Reasonable minds uh, can differ. What I am not going to accept is you telling me, who believes that effectively in this particular case, Johnny Depp is the, the correct winner uh, based on the standards of law, based on what evidence is presented to the jury, what we see from the jury deliberations, a unanimous verdict has to have some weight. That's why we use them, is to call that a misinformation or harassment campaign. And again, folks can come into my comments, folks can come into this chat and say, well, it's not directed at you, Rick. Nobody thinks that you're harassing anybody. Mm, you haven't seen my DMs. But other than that, it's still painting with so broad a brush that you just drag everybody in. Why is Rob from Law and Lumber dragged into this thing with the Daily Beast author? It's because they're just swinging wildly at whatever because they don't like that there are facts that go against them. Nobody likes that there are facts that go against you. But that doesn't mean the other side is engaged in some kind of harassment campaign. And this is the language that was used by Taylor Lorenz when we were pointing out that the Washington Post had failed to do the correction. It was all silently done. All these various problems that ultimately led to her losing her features position at the, at the newspaper. Uh, but again, that's framed as a misinformation campaign. That's framed as harassment. I believe that it's radicalized or whatever that she wound up calling us. And that's just not the case. You don't have to do those things. You can just talk about the truth. And that's not what Kat does here. To preface, I think that these efforts are important to highlight because they show how to fight back against the modern smear campaign playbook. What happened during the trial will continue to happen in cases involving celebrities, but also in politics, social justice, etc. Two of the people who have had the most impact are Cocaine Cross and Camilla, I think. There's a four and a one in there for folks that aren't watching this. Both create threads that distill important info from court docs and testimony for social media, which is how the pro-Dep creators amassed widespread support for him in the first place. So everybody that isn't pro-Herd is pro-Dep, right? This is a very Anakin Skywalker uh, way of looking at things. If you aren't with me, you're against me. When, again, if I'm being totally honest here, sitting there at the start of trial, I would have to say I'm probably biased towards Amber Heard just on the notion that I don't want anybody to be a victim of the kinds of crimes that are asserted here. Uh, and so the court case was eye-opening, but that doesn't make me pro-Dep. Again, I've said this before in other places, I wouldn't hang out with any of these people. Honestly, it's not my scene. Uh, but if you aren't with me, you're against me. And Cocaine Cross here says, Johnny Depp fans paid $3,000 to unseal the court documents just to get dirt on Amber, but ended up unintentionally exposing Depp and information he tried to keep private instead and then shows various things that they make fun of uh, and otherwise have a problem with. There's stuff to have a problem with on the Johnny Depp side. If you're so inclined, absolutely evaluate those things. But understand in the context of evaluating those things that we did actually see these people testify. We did actually see the evidence presented, the mountains of evidence. And the jury, not just us on the internet, found it wanting. So when you frame it this way, it's pretty interesting. It's also a little bit disingenuous, I think, to frame everybody that put into that $10,000 pot as being a Depp fan in the first instance, or being someone that only wanted to find dirt on Amber, right? Some people just like to get to the truth. Some people believe in a justice system, and some people would have changed their mind if there was just something massive that otherwise changed opinions in that material. 
some people are evaluating. I know you're not familiar with the concept if you're out there uh, putting a thread together like this one, uh, but you can actually take in new facts and evaluate what those might otherwise mean to you and your existing narrative construction and find yourself better informed. It can happen. Here's an example of one of Camilla's threads that went viral with important info that has been twisted into misinfo online. It's about Marilyn Manson. It's not about Depp. Threads may seem like low-hanging fruit in our polluted information ecosystem, but they're not. They provide a quick explainer model that can gain traction in the way a long article or video can't. Some journalists recognize this and make threads for their stories. When it comes to pollution, misinfo, disinfo, and smear campaigns, as adjudged by me, Kat Tenbarge, in the information ecosystem, it's hard to remove those pollutants. Social media companies don't have a good way to clear out falsehoods. And the idea that we should combat fake news has been politicized. So what do we do when we can't get rid of the fake news? We create alternatives with legitimate information and fact-checking and evidence that are in the same format as the disinfo so that it reaches the same audience as the disinfo. Now on this, honestly, Kat, wonderfully said. What do we engage in? We engage in the battle of ideas. We have a free exchange. And when you lose that free exchange because one side or the other has better information, better evidence, better presented, better argued, it doesn't behoove you to frame that other side of the battle you just lost as suddenly enacting a misinformation or disinformation campaign. So either you believe in the battle of ideas, you believe in going out there and having this confrontation with our flawed selves and trying to come to a better understanding of the world around us, or you just believe that everybody that doesn't already believe what you believe is disinformation, fascist, and wants to kill everything that is true and holy in the world. I'm willing to bet that if we were a little bit more open about reasonable minds can differ in actually evaluating these things, and you were a little bit more open, then at the end of the day, what we'd get is that better understanding, and you wouldn't have these kinds of statements that are objectively true. Hey, go out there with better information, and yet claim that everybody who is against you is celebrating a pollution or disinformation campaign. Twitter is an easier platform to do this than YouTube or TikTok because both require more effort and tech savvy in creating video, both long form and short form. That's why pro-dep narratives still dominate those platforms because there are more pro-dep creators. I believe there are more pro-dep creators. Uh, the question then becomes, uh, if Johnny Depp deserved to win the case, why shouldn't there be, right? And you know, I, I watched the trial. I have that understanding at this point in time. Uh, but you are kind of treating this as if it should be a coin flip, that in a perfect world, it would be 50-50. Maybe. We know you don't believe that. We, you think everybody should be pro-Amber. Uh, but it doesn't actually make sense if there is a truthfulness in the situation at hand, right? If one side or the other is telling the truth, and honestly, they're diametrically opposed versions of the world, so somebody's lying and, and probably somebody's telling a version of the truth. Probably nobody is 1,000% accurate on these kinds of things. Uh, but if there is a true side, a, a winning side, people that look at the evidence, people that watch the trial, hopefully come to a similar conclusion. That's why we have seven people in Virginia or 12 people in a criminal case go and decide these things because the hope is, with that many different perspectives and life experiences and everything else, that we'll only take actual legal action when it's patently self-evident to a whole host of people that something happened in a specific way. And the trick of these pro-dep creators, which again is the entire category of people that don't otherwise advance Amber Heard's cause, uh, is that they brand their content as objective or even journalistic when it's actually propaganda. That's a good self-fulfilling prophecy. 
right? Because we like to say we're neutral here. Reasonable minds can differ. I believe we are. Uh, but certainly we're not terribly neutral to folks putting together false dichotomies and straw men and logical inconsistencies and accusing everyone else of being against them if they don't agree. Uh, and so we aren't, we aren't terribly neutral towards that. But saying this, hey, if you say you're objective, it's actually propaganda. I mean, that's that's pretty useful rhetoric if you can convince people of it. It's also a complete logical fallacy. They're propagandists. And they make a lot of money and engagement from creating propaganda. 2,000 of you are engaging with this content. Like and subscribe. You know, uh, tell Kat uh, how much money we're making from engaging in this particular question. But also tell Kat that we're engaging with her and not Depp v. Heard directly. We're engaging with reporting. We're engaging with how messages get out there into the world because that's what's of interest to me. And honestly, I think that everybody should have their own perspective on these things and we should be able to evaluate uh, journalists and their reporting as we evaluate anything else in the world. Cat is evaluating YouTubers. More power to you. I'm sorry I don't meet your uh, lofty uh, goals, I guess. Uh, but we can evaluate these kinds of sentiments for what they state as well. On the flip side, with pro-herd creators, you know what's interesting about this is there isn't just a pro-truth kind of concept. Hey, I evaluate things. You're pro-dap or you're pro-herd. You get that kind of dichotomy, that black and white view of the world that isn't, in my experience, accurate at all to an actual personal uh, lived world. On the flip side, with pro-herd creators, there isn't a monetary incentive. Really. If you are compiling objective threads about the trial, you're probably doing it out of your own desire to clean up our information ecosystem. Basically, the system relies on more good actors than bad. She steals a rhetorical base there. Did you see it? I bet you did. You guys are good at this. If you're a pro-herd creator, there isn't a monetary incentive because pro-herd creators are compiling objective threads about the trial. So if you're objective, you're pro-herd. Give away the tin. The good actors can't necessarily profit in the same way the propagandists can. So this presents an unequal playing field. We need more salaried journalists to make the same type of content. But right now we have awesome indie creators like Cocaine Cross and Camilla. So now we get into self-interest, right? She's a journalist. We need more money in the journalism field to fight off the, the subjective propagandists because objectively we all know that Amber Heard is right. Okay. Moving away from Twitter... There are some other areas online that have been working to combat the disinfo about the trial. They do moi and Dep Delusion subreddits are good examples. Dep Delusion, famously I appear in Dep Delusion, go check it out, uh, has a series of, uh, I don't know what it, they are, Reddit posts, I guess, subreddit things. I apologize. I'm, I'm, I'm boomering out here. Uh, but whatever goes on Reddit that talk about various people on YouTube, including me, some nice things said about me, you can bet. And that apparently is objective. Uh, in the eyes of of Cat here, so what are you gonna do? You you can't you can't let the randos, as Amber Heard would say, get you down. So it is what it is. These smaller spaces and creators have to operate under the constant threat of harassment and having the propagandists and their supporters aiming their collective smear efforts at the objective or pro herd info sources. Just survey my replies. If you disagree with me, you're a propagandist. So we have set up like a sequence of domino-like logical falsities in order to protect, in order to circle the wagons around her rhetorical position. If you are not with us, you're against us. If you're uh, pro-Dep or if you believe Dep was right to win the case, you're not objective. Uh, and you are a smear merchant. Just check my replies if you disagree with me. I mean, we're on a roll here. I wish I knew more ways to combat online harassment and intimidation 
but there are no easy answers and it can take a huge personal toll. So I'll end this thread by thanking the creators I mentioned, as well as anyone who has had the courage and honesty to cover this trial fairly. Well, thank you, Kat. I really appreciate that. I will take your well wishes and my courage and honesty to cover this trial fairly in the spirit with which they are intended. Now, you get a lot of responses to this. You get some very negative responses. Uh, but one of the things that pops out here, which I did find interesting, was uh, you got a, a Twitter user here. I'm going to read each and every unsealed doc. I'll track my time while I do it. Something tells me people have not spent enough time properly digesting the info to have the hot takes they're taking and publishing as journalism. I think that's right on both sides. Maybe they're all speed readers. I've mostly seen people posting snippets. There are over 6,000 pages. So you didn't read it. How did you fact check the threads you promoted then by the vibes? And yeah, it's all vibes all the way down, right? But she already knows what objective truth is. When you are a journalist and you start with, I know objective truth before I start reporting, this is the kind of reporting that you get. You can do better, Cat Tenbarge. I believe in you because you're a human being capable of rational thought and researching these subjects. And I think that you can, in fact, do better. People will come into my comments. They're probably already in my chat right now telling me I am naive and too optimistic about these various things. But I firmly believe that. And so do better. Don't come to a story knowing what happened before you know anything and you will see better what is going on in these stories. And you can still disagree with me. You can still evaluate all the evidence and say, you know what? I think Amber Heard has the right of it. And we can talk on that basis, on a rational one, rather than just coming to the truth conclusion before anything has started. That is our headlines for today. That's what's happening out there with a seemingly innocent release of documents that everybody can agree with is a useful good that Andrea Burkhardt has made possible. Look at all those fishes. I think it's referenced to her wallpaper, if I, if I understand correctly. Um, and thank you for that. Again, kudos to her. But my God, does it expose people for having this belief that they and they alone know what is true and that everybody else is a liar, propagandist, grifter, radicalized influencer, whatever else they want to throw my way. So yeah, I'll take those names because I don't honestly care when I know that you're starting from a conclusion before you've investigated any of the material at all. Well, I told you I might get a little feisty. I think we kept it under control uh, for a Tuesday morning. We got some super chats. We got some comments to talk about. I want to scroll through, make sure I didn't miss anything. But we'll welcome the chats now. I, I, I miss those kinds of things when I'm otherwise on a roll and I'm talking about them directly. Uh, but do leave the chats, questions, at Hoag Law. We'll flag it. It's already 8.50. We can maybe go a little bit longer uh, today. Uh, but I'll, I'll look at those super chats and we'll we'll talk about what everybody's interested in here. Mandy Stevens from before we looked at headlines. Lots of kangaroos if you live in country areas. I, I, I want to go see that. I want to go hang out with some kangaroos. Maybe I'll put Australia on the bucket list. That would be a fun place to go check out. Uh, Nicholas Starrow, unionist labor law. Why do I get the image of a parrot saying 12 occasions of abuse? when I read that line in every MSM piece. Yeah, it's it's kind of wild. They, they always reference it. You understand why. It's not necessarily fully inaccurate. And thank you, Lucky, again, for two more memberships. I really appreciate it. Um, but it is something that they mention a lot, even though it's not a domestic violence case in the UK any more than it was in Virginia. Papa Hogue, hey, Dad, good morning. I hope you're doing well. Whatever happened to honest reporting, he asks without a question mark. I guess you can just say anything you want to and claim it's fact. Recession? Nope. Yikes. All right, Dad. <laughs> well, folks, hell yeah. Let's uh let's go, let's go into let's just dive into politics. Uh okay, yes. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting. 
you do have, regardless of politics, regardless of those kinds of things, which we're not touching with a 10-foot pole, you do have a certain notion uh, in journalism, in Reddit, in Twitter, in social media, that you can redefine the world to how you want it to be in order to have the conversation that you want to have. And I do think that's a problem because reasonable minds can differ as a philosophy does demand at bare minimum a shared vocabulary and understanding of what we're arguing, what we're talking about, what we are disagreeing on. And when you lose that, and when the institutions of your country or the world lose that, it, mean, it makes things very much more difficult, very much uh, more fractious. Uh, and I do think that we should get better at defining the state of what we are talking about. I'll leave it at that, Dad. Good morning. I love you. I'll probably see you later today. Uh, Nicholas Starro, Unionist Labor Law. Using the DB as a fact finder is like using the Sun's page three for fashion suggestions. Older people get this reference. I, or maybe Brits. I don't, I don't know the Sun uh, well enough. Uh, but yes, absolutely. Uh, Britt Cormier, uh, glad to see after all these years, my stripper radar is still calibrated so well. I think I called that one way early. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know that either. It's interesting that that isn't reported as anything interesting. And it's not probative to the case. So you understand why the court kicks it out. But the framing there of even that article is who can believe they'd try to bring in this evidence when, oh my God, did you see what potentially they could have said about Johnny Depp and his ED? It's like, uh I, we should use we should use the same standards, right? The, there was a reason the court is kicking these things out because they don't have anything to do with an article in 2018, right? 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 Uh, Britt also adds, the idea that she did not write the headline always cracked me up. She did not write it, but when it was posted, she was quick with the stories. If it was not your words, why not say not from JD? You could. You could clarify all these things. It was clear. And when you go and look at the ACLU's testimony, it was clear that they wanted to make it as close as possible to saying JD without saying JD, which, you know, is an okay legal strategy, except when you're put in front of a court of law to say, did you mean to talk about JD? And you have to be like, uh. and so, yes, uh, I think that it was clear that it was intended to be about Johnny Depp. And, and there we are. Uh, Giggle and SC, I'm so frustrated in the way the journalists have opened my eyes to unfair journalism. I used to watch the news every day. I now watch LawTube every day instead. Well, that could be hazardous to your health as well. You just find out you're dreaming and you just start objecting to things. It's all it's all a big deal. So you got to be careful with that law too. We should put a daily allotment in, in people. Uh, but um, yeah, it's not great. I'm still an optimist, right? You can still hear me want to believe in certain institutional truths and want to believe that people can do better. Um, and uh, this, this show uh, where we talk a lot about a lot of things uh, can be uh, a little bit disconcerting. Uh, you can get situations where you're watching these headlines happen where you're researching a video and you say, my God in heaven, like this, in, like how do you even write that article? And you use your authoritative voice at the daily beast. You present as if you were telling somebody something new. And then it's just patently self-evident that you don't have any idea what you're talking about. Um, that's not great. More so than most, like a lot of times you can look at an article and if you have that subject matter experience, you can tell that that's not quite right. And people are sliding around rhetorical bases and whatnot. Uh, but in this particular case, it was obvious, like, oh, look at this thing I found about her comparing herself to Captain Kirk. Like, we all saw that, dude. What are you talking about? Who are you talking to? Uh, and, and it just gets worse from there, right? So, yeah, I wish it were better. I really do. Maybe if we're feeling grandiose here in Hangouts and Headlines, we can do a little bit something in our corner of the world. We can hold the feet to the fire and say, you can do this well. You can do this better. 
uh, and we can believe in you. We can be positive forces. We're not here to just slam the mainstream media or otherwise engage in that kind of war about these issues, but we know you can do better. You can present better information. And honestly, I think at the end of the day, you'll have an audience when people trust you. You used to market and sell your credibility, and now your credibility is sold. It is gone. It was used for whatever endeavor that you needed it to be used for at that moment in time, but you have to get it back because there's nothing to sell without it. So we believe you can do it. We want you to do it. That's what we need because we can't be on the ground and, and looking at every single case and every single set of facts in every single instance. Um, I think, uh, oh, oh, okay, sorry. All right, page three, I'm, I'm informed that the Sun's page three fashion articles were in fact of a lascivious nature. So you can tell summer child hog, uh, as as the rest of the uh, the YouTube lawyers likes to say, um, doesn't recognize these things. Uh, so we'll, we'll maintain my innocence. We won't be popping up any uh, Sun. I, I think it's page three uh, uh, articles here uh, on the on the channel. Uh, but I appreciate you guys letting me know how I how I missed that. Or as Cat says, oh my. Uh, so, uh, yes, cat, crazy cat queen says, as we're asking journalists to do better with facts, I would also like to ask them for the love of God to check their spelling and grammar. It does seem to have gone by the wayside a little bit. I'm not as harsh on this as some are, uh, but certainly with respect to online outlets, uh, they do seem to be a little bit faster and looser with these things. Now, as someone that regularly gets it's and it's wrong and two and two wrong when I'm typing fast on Twitter, or even when I'm typing slow and I look at it six times and I still get it wrong, I'm not the one to hold those feet to the fire but we can get the actual substance of the articles better done, right? Absolutely. Uh, what else we got here? Secret McSquirrel saying, hit like and subscribe. Please do. Thank you, Secret McSquirrel. Always appreciate it. Um, do bells and things? Question mark if YouTube bells are working right now or notices. YouTube is all over the place with notifications, but it can't hurt if you want to get more updates on this. Also probably going to put together uh, a uh, behind the scenes notification process, especially for live streams. We'll see uh, if we do that. Uh, Bloody Vanessa says in articles like these are why I rather give views to Hogue. Thank you. Than the actual article because they do not deserve my clicks. They will, of course, be linked in the description. Um, so you can check those out if you want to. I didn't read through every word of them, but I really appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> uh, Julie Marie says, I'm 3.5 minutes behind. Probably not anymore. Uh, can you please discuss IIED? That's the intentional infliction of emotional distress and what role it played or didn't in this case. It didn't play any role. Uh, these were both defamation per se claims, uh, and so you didn't have to show uh, infliction of specific types of distress. It was just assumed that the lies that you otherwise told would have a negative impact on you, and then the damages were things like lost wages. In what kinds of cases does it? Well, it's a specific cause of action. Uh, you bring a claim against someone for intentionally hurting you emotionally, uh, and it's a harder to prove case. Uh, it's it's easier to have a photo of, of you getting punched in the jaw and, and, and show that and say this is what happened than kind of systemic emotional abuse. But systemic emotional abuse is at least ostensibly something that the law does protect from, uh, even if it is a very hard case to prove. So that's a, an actual abuse case. This was a defamation case that had abuse elements. People are really struggling with that distinction, especially after the fact. Uh, Mrs. Hoaglaw says, I like Hogue running on little sleep. You're much more passionate. Is that true? I, I, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looser. I didn't sleep very well. I wound up watching two movies way into the middle of the night. We're not on a lot of sleep here, uh, but we're having fun talking about these things. Um, what do we get here? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, doesn't everyone in the world know about the sun's page three? 
No, apparently not. I mean, I do live in the world, I think. Uh, but uh, yeah, I apologize. Didn't catch the specific reference. Uh, so I maintain my innocent street cred there. Uh, AP writing style is stuck at the eighth grade level. Online is usually lower. That's the bad spelling and grammar. It also inhibits the intelligence of the writer to the eighth grade. Uh, yeah, certainly different outlets will have different standards and they can run your writing through uh, evaluation metrics. I, um, You can probably guess this already, but I've written for a few online uh, articles and, and various outlets uh, and they do run your run your stuff through one of these um, like checkers. And um, this is going to come as a, as a surprise to you, I'm sure. Uh, almost everything in my initial draft came in as too high of a grade um, because I like words. <laughs> uh, and so I use, you know, uh, multi-prong construction of sentences and fun vocabulary. And I, I was told to make it more direct uh, and things like that. And I don't know that there's anything wrong with that in terms of actually writing um, like a news piece. I had a little bit of an objection to it in an opinion piece where like specificity is important. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. A lot of these outlets definitely do have, um, if it comes in through this machine and it tells you, I think what is, what is 13th grade, um, then, uh, we've got a problem and you need to, you need to change the way that you're structuring these things. Um, lemon fresh. I'm with you, Hogue. I got about five hours. I think I'm on three uh, right now. Uh, but that's, I say too much. Um, uh, I dislike these checkers. Uh, eighth grade reading level is more accessible to the larger population. It's definitely not a bad thing. No, I wouldn't frame it as a bad thing. And especially for just news items, here's what happened. I think directness and short sentences and all that good stuff uh, is useful. Opinion pieces I would like to see be a little bit broader uh, in, in approach. But, you know, that's just me. Uh, Hoax chat is getting more feisty too. It's a feisty morning, everybody. Uh, we're having a good time. It is 9 a.m. here in the Eastern time zone. I think we are going to uh, to call it here. Uh, if you've got any more questions or, or anything else you want to add, get them in right now. Otherwise, um, this is the Tuesday Hangouts and Headlines uh, stream. Uh, I will try to remember to put chapters in here to isolate those various things. I still have a huge backlog of just the headlines uh, to put onto the channel, which I might start doing uh, very recently, very soon. Good stuff this morning. Um, otherwise, we don't do Hangouts and Headlines on Wednesdays. Um, so we won't be with you on this particular show tomorrow. We might still do a virtual legality. You might see my face pop up in various places today and tomorrow, I think. So keep an eye out for that. And we're still trying to organize Lawyers and Dragons behind the scene, but it is very, very close to fruition. So if you enjoyed the first episode of Lawyers and Dragons, uh, get excited about that. That is going to be fun. Uh, and, uh, we're going to have a great time with it. Otherwise, have a great Tuesday. Have a great Tuesday and Wednesday if you only follow us in the Hangouts and Headlines. Go check out some of my colleagues that are diving deep into these documents uh, so that you can get a better feel for yourself. And also check out the primary source material. If you want to look at those things, it's all made available by Andrea Burkhart, uh, and we are very thankful for that whole process. So thank you so much for dropping in. Had 2,000 of you here uh, today. Folks love talking about this topic. I'm under no uh, misconception that Johnny Depp and Amber Heard will not return uh, to this particular space, hopefully with a story that has a little bit better reporting to back it. Thanks everyone. And I'll see you 